Hello, good morning, welcome to Dakota Rustler Show. I am your host, Daryl Rutt. Today we're going to be talking George Santos, stupid people with guns, credit scores, and more. But before I get to that, just a few announcements to make. Number one, last weekend I resigned my position as treasurer of the Libertarian Party of South Dakota at our annual convention. I decided not to run again. In addition, if you want to help support this show, you can do so by going to store.dakotarustler.org. From there, you can buy mugs, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and a host of other items. Feel free to check those out and help support the show. Keep it on the air. Alright, let's get started. Number one. In a story from Reuters.com, embattled U.S. Representative George Santos hit with fraud, money laundering charges, and more. U.S. Representative George Santos last week vowed to fight charges of fraud, money laundering, and theft of public funds in the latest hit to the newly elected Republican, who has resisted calls to resign for lying about his resume. A 13-count indictment charged Santos with defrauding prospective political supporters by laundering funds to pay for his personal expenses and illegally receiving unemployment benefits while he was employed. Doing his best imitation of Trump, Santos said, It's a witch hunt. I'm going to fight my battle. I'm going to deliver. I'm going to fight the witch hunt. I'm going to take care of cleaning my name and I look forward to doing that. Top House Republicans who control the chamber by a narrow 222 to 213 margin said they would wait for the legal process to play out before taking further action on Santos, who pleaded not guilty, as he should. Innocent until proven guilty. We're all innocent until proven guilty, or at least that's how it should be. However, U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said he would not support Santos's re-election. Santos was released on a $500,000 bond, wow, and is due back in court for his next appearance on June 30th. As a condition of his release, he agreed to surrender his passport and to limit his travel. Nine House Republicans have so far called on Santos to resign, including six from his home state of New York. But number two House Republican Steve Scalise said the caucus would withhold judgment on Santos, saying, quote, In America, there is a presumption of innocence, but there are serious charges. He's going to have to go through the legal process, unquote, and that is how it should be. Santos said he had no intention of resigning and would run for re-election in 2024. Among other claims, Santos said he had degrees from New York University and Baruch College, despite neither institution having any record of his attending. He claimed to have had worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, which was also untrue. 
He said falsely that he was Jewish and that his grandparents escaped the Nazis during World War II. How do you even make that up? You're, you're a religion that you're not. <laughs> oh, man. He has since admitted to fabricating large parts of his resume. Let me repeat that. He has since admitted to fabricating large parts of his resume. In addition, prosecutors said Santos laundered donations into his own personal bank accounts and used thousands of dollars to pay for personal expenses from luxury clothing to credit card payments. You know what I'm thinking? Nine Republicans want you out, you admit to lies, and you're just like the rest of D.C., the District of Crooks. You fit in real well. What you need to do is quit. Number two. Stupid people with guns. Common mistakes, uncommon reactions, and four separate shootings. In the span of six days, seven people across the U.S. have been shot. One fatally for making one of the most ordinary and unavoidable mistakes in everyday life showing up at the wrong place. So let's cover those four shootings. Number one we all heard of, the one in Kansas City. Honor student Ralph Yarrell, 16, mixed up the address when he picked up his twin brothers on Thursday night. Instead of going to 115th Terrace, he showed up at the home of Andrew Lester, who is 84. Lester, who is white, told police he had just gotten in bed when he heard a doorbell. Before answering, he grabbed his revolver. Lester said that he then saw Jarl, who is black, pulling on the storm door handle, something Jarl disputes. Lester told police he thought the teen was attempting to break in, and he was scared to death. Without saying a word, Lester fired twice. For the record... Proper self-defense requires warning potential threats. Legal experts believe Lester's lawyers will claim self-defense under Missouri's stand-your-ground law, which allows for the use of deadly force if a person fears for his or her life. Missouri is one of roughly 30 states with such statutes. Again, for the record, the fear must be reasonable to the average person person. You know, if an average person wouldn't fear for their life, it's not considered a reasonable threat. Ari Freelich, an attorney and state policy director with the Giffords Law Center to prevent gun violence, said nothing in the law allows someone to shoot first and ask questions later when someone innocently rings a doorbell. Precisely. In a second shooting in New York, Caden Gillis, 20, was traveling through the rural town of Hebron with three people Saturday night when a group turned onto a property that was not the friend's house they were looking for. They were met with gunfire in the driveway, so they didn't even make it to the front door. In fact, the group was just trying to turn the car around when the homeowner, Kevin Manahan, came out onto his porch and fired two shots, according to Washington County Sheriff Jeffrey Murphy. One round hit Gillis, killing her. 
They drove to a neighboring town of Salem near the Vermont state line and called 911. Monahan was booked into Warren County Jail on a charge of second-degree murder. Sheriff Murphy said at a news conference Wednesday that there was no reason for Mr. Monahan to feel threatened. Again, shooting without warning is not allowed unless the threat is immediate. In the third shooting, which took place in Texas, a man shot two cheerleaders in a supermarket parking lot after one of them mistakenly got into his car thinking it was her own. I can understand that, though. It could have been an attempted car theft. However, listen up. Heather Roth said she got out of her friend's car into a vehicle she thought was hers, but there was a stranger in the passenger seat. She said she panicked and got back into her friend's car, but the man got out of his vehicle and approached. She said she tried to apologize to her friend's car window, but the man threw up his hands, pulled out a gun, and opened fire. That, my friends, is an assault. It's not self-defense. Roth was grazed by a bullet and treated at the scene. Her teammate Peyton Washington, 18, was shot in the leg and the back. Washington was flown to a hospital in critical condition. Police arrested Pedro Tielo Rodriguez Jr. He is charged with engaging in deadly conduct, a third-degree felony. In the fourth shooting, which took place in North Carolina, and this may be the saddest one of all, a North Carolina man shot a six-year-old and her parents last Tuesday. Gaston County Police Chief Stephen Zill would not say Wednesday what sparked the attack near Gastonia. However, a neighbor said that before the attack, some children went to retrieve a basketball that had rolled into Singletary's yard. He said Singletary went inside his home, came back out with a gun, and began shooting as parents frantically tried to get their kids to safety. The six-year-old girl was grazed by a bullet in the left cheek, her father, who had run to her aid, was shot in the back and was hospitalized with serious wounds, and the girl's mother was grazed in the elbow. You know, I'm all for gun rights. I'm all for not shall be infringed. I'm also a strong believer in self-defense. However, these shootings were not attacks, or these shootings were attacks. They were not self-defense. Due process should result in these four idiots never ever having a gun again. They give true gun owners a bad name. Number three. Medical debt rules could give your credit score a boost. There's good news for Americans struggling with medical debt. The three major credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, declared that all medical debt under 500 would be removed from credit reports. While that may sound like not a lot of money, it in fact makes up well over half of all accounts with medical debt. Medical debt plagues a wide swath of America. More than 100 million people and 41% of adults owe money for health care per the Kaiser Family Foundation reports. For years, this debt has been included in credit reports, 
pushing credit scores down. In March of last year, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau published a lengthy report questioning the outsized role of medical debt on credit reports, and the industry responded. A few months later, the credit bureaus announced they would remove all medical debt that has been paid from credit reports immediately. Previously, it would stay on your record for seven years, so this is a good thing. Along with those two big changes, the credit agencies now give Americans one full year to address outstanding medical bills before they're added to their credit reports. Unpaid medical debt is usually handed over to a collection agency after 60 to 100 days of delinquency. From there, the main credit bureaus will now extend a year-long grace period for consumers to address the debt either by paying in full or by negotiating with their insurance or collections agency before adding it to a credit report. For the record, you could always do this. You could always set up a payment plan to avoid having it appear in your credit report. Prior to July 1st of 2022, the old grace period was about half a year or 180 days. The United States Public Interest Research Group encourages Americans with prior medical debt collections to check their reports to confirm that paid debts have been removed. Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion announced that any medical debt below $500 will no longer be included on credit reports regardless of whether their debt has been paid. Most medical collection debt on credit reports is under $500. How can you confirm your medical debt has been removed from your credit report? Well, the three major credit bureaus have been offering free weekly online credit reports ever since the start of the COVID pandemic. You can get your own report weekly at annualcreditreport.com. Once you've downloaded your report, carefully look through each to find any discrepancies that may be there. Specifically, look for sections labeled collections or account information. If you do find a medical debt still on there, still cluttering up your credit score, you'll need to dispute any items with each of the credit bureaus separately. And you can do that simply by looking up their links online. If your collections account is removed from your report, your credit score could rise by as much as 150 points, according to repair company Credit Glory. So yes, get that done. With that, it's time to take a break. I'll be back in about 40 seconds. For all things Dakota Rustler related, please visit dakotarustler.org. The website contains links to media sites, a merchandise store, and a button to donate to the show. Your support helps to pay for expenses of production, as well as research time. Feedback is appreciated, and comments or topic ideas can be sent to the email address listed on the website. Sponsorships are also available if you have a business to promote. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back to the Dakota Rustler Show. Got our final two stories, both related to AI. Wendy's is partnering with Google to create an AI chatbot that can take orders at its drive-thrus. 
The fast food chain has plans to bring its first Wendy's Fresh AI-enabled drive through to a Columbus, Ohio restaurant coming June. The chatbot will be able to take verbal orders from customers who line up at Wendy's drive through kiosk, all with the hope that it will reduce long wait lines. Uh, ain't gonna happen. It'll take longer. Part of Google's work with Wendy's means assuring the AI is brushed up on some of Wendy's lingo, such as knowing that a milkshake translates into a frosty and that a JBC is short for Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. As soon as a chatbot takes a customer's order, it will appear on a screen for line cooks. A worker will then hand the completed meals to the customers at the, at the pickup window as usual. Uh, this is America. We have a bunch of foreigners. We got a bunch of foreign accents. Will AI be able to understand all these accents? <laughs> Probably not. How can things go wrong? Well, just listen up. In a statement to the Wall Street Journal, Google Cloud CEO Thomas Curian acknowledged some of the challenges associated with using an AI chatbot, chatbot at the drive-thru. The bot will have to ignore any noises it hears from kids in the back seat of a vehicle and will also have to deal with customers who change their minds in the middle of an order. Quote, you may think driving by and speaking into a drive-thru is an easy problem for AI, but it's actually one of the hardest, unquote. So why use it then? Give me a person, even if it's a stupid person, I don't want to talk to a damn robot. A Wendy's employee will monitor the AI-powered drive-thru when it starts testing it in June, likely to ensure customers don't have a meltdown. The chatbot will also be able to do everything a human can, including upselling Wendy's products. People, I hate upselling. Knock it the hell off. If I wanted more, if I wanted to be upsold, I would have ordered more to begin with. The new automated ordering experience is designed to enhance the customer and crew experience by taking the complexity out of the ordering process so employees can focus on serving up fast, fresh, quality food and building relationship with fans that keep them coming back. <laughs> what a load of bullcrap. It's all about doing things cheap. And finally, number five, a do-it-yourself GPT-powered monocle will tell you what to say in every conversation. Wow, isn't that just dandy? Can we get any dumber? AI chatbots that can churn out convincing text are all their age. But what if you could wear one on your face to feed you the right line at any given moment? Wouldn't that be great? Say goodbye to awkward dates and job interviews, a Stanford student developer named Brian Chang tweeted in March. We made Riz GPT real-time charisma as a service. It listens to your conversation and tells you exactly what to say next. In other words, you're voluntarily allowing yourself to become a robot. 
Chang is one of many developers who are trying to create an autonomous agent, so-called AutoGPT. In this case, Chang created a GPT-powered monocle that people can wear, and when someone asks the wearer a question, the glasses will project a caption that the wearer can read out loud. Wow! The dumbing down of America continues. We have to make computing more personal, and it could be integrated into every facet of our life, not just when we're on our screens, Chang said. Even if we're out and about talking to friends, walking around, I feel like there's so much more that computers can do, and I don't think people are thinking big enough. You know, if this is what society is becoming, shoot me now. If you can't hold a conversation without having a computer help you, do me a favor, die. After creating RizGPT, Chang decided to take the app through further training to create LifeOS, which was manually trained on Chang's personal messages, pictures of his friends, and other data, allowing the monocle to recognize his friends' faces and bring up relevant details when talking to them. So instead of actually getting to know your friends and care about your friends and actually learning about your friends, yeah, just treat them like a phone or some other piece of equipment. Boy, this is going to start people getting depressed even worse than they are now. The author conducted a live demo with Chang to see firsthand how RizGPT works and had a mock vice reporter interview with him while he wore the glasses. In response to, why should we hire you, the AI said, thank you for this position. I believe I am the best candidate for this job because I have a passion for journalism and a deep understanding of the current media landscape. Who the hell talks like this? (laughs) When asked, what are your weaknesses, the AI responded, my biggest weakness is tendency to be too detail-oriented in my work. Seriously? <laughs> the most creative response RizGPT gave was in response to my question, If you were an animal, which animal would you want to be and why? To which AI responded, If I were an animal, I would want to be a cheetah. They are incredibly fast and agile, which reflects my ambition my drive and my focus. <laughs> you know, if I'm an inner or if I'm looking for a job and an interview asks me that question, you know how I'd respond? I'd say, next question. I'm not an animal and I don't wish to be one. You're not hiring Fido. Quote, hopefully by putting out these fun demos, it shows people that This is what's possible, and this is the future that we're heading towards, he said. Excuse me, but if the future is dehumanizing people, it's time for the aliens to arrive and enslave us because we deserve it. With that, I'm calling it another podcast. Please tune in. Don't forget to subscribe. By now, you know the mantra, question authority, and always be free. 
Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their affiliates. Any unauthorized use of this show is prohibited. Until next time, have a great day, and don't forget to subscribe.